Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Welcome to Product Coffee. Today, Taj and I are going to be talking a little bit about the product management interview process, what it takes to get a job in product management, maybe at some of the different levels, and you know, from our sides, both as interviewers and through maybe through some past experiences we've had with uh, being interviewed ourselves. You know, Taj, maybe tell me what your experience in interviewing other PMs is like, and and some of the things you look for in a in a good candidate. Often when I've when I've interviewed other people, it was a situation where I didn't write the uh, the job rec. You know, e- even if I was the hiring manager, it's like it's coming from somebody else. That's less than ideal. It's an exercise in deciphering what is this job rec really about? Because there there might be the job that I have in mind, but if somebody else wrote the job rec, they have something in mind, and there has to be there has to be a, a through line, especially because that's what's used to attract candidates. And it would be a bait and switch to use one job rec or one job ad and then interview for something else. That's a That would be a bad setup. So what I do is I decompose that job rec into what are the things that it says it's looking for, and I turn that into a rubric. You know, I want five or six things that I'm going to be looking for and rating the candidate on. I, I picked this up from that book, Thinking Fast and Slow. Daniel Kahneman and others. I apologize. I always forget the co-authors at all. <laughs> yeah, because it it reduces uh, the noise. It it takes you out of like, oh, I'm just going to go with my gut, and it forces you to use that uh, system two thinking, the the slow and careful thinking. So make that rubric, and then add that last one as he recommends, which is now close your eyes and imagine this candidate, you know, this person in this role in six months, how good a fit is this or how is this working? And then as I'm interviewing, I'm just taking notes and right afterward, I just go through that rubric and I rate. And I always do an even numbered scale, you know, one through four, usually, sometimes one through six, uh, and then rate them. And in my mind, I translate it to, you know, the, the, the two and the three would be below average, above average. And the one and the four are well below average and well above average. Average being the room, you know, for here. And I choose that even number. Again, Kahneman's recommendation, uh, well-founded recommendation, so that there's no center bias. There's no hitting the one in the middle. You have to make a choice. Is it above or below? And what I found is when I do that, I end up with some surprises. You know, there are some people that don't make it through because, you know, I might have loved them. But when I look at the numbers, I realize what I loved was this one thing. And they were a four. But these other things are important. And when you put it all together, they're below the waterline. I would say, yeah, that's a pretty fair process, you know, to hear from hear from your side. So it, in the hiring manager 
kind of role? I mean, we can probably dive into a little bit like, okay, what are some of the things that we're looking for? And I can say, mm-hmm. you know, have, having been a hiring manager for a bunch of product roles and kind of gone, written the job descriptions through filtering the candidates and, and all that, all that nine yards. So let's all just kind of overview it for most people. Here's kind of what happens. Effectively, once we come up with the jog rec and post it, we'll start talking with our recruiters and they're going to come and effectively give us like, Hey, you know, like we'll tell them, Hey, what are we interested in for the role? I'm really looking, and it would be something like this. Yeah. I'm really looking for somebody who maybe has background in this particular area. Maybe they've worked with iOS and Android apps before. Um, They should be a senior level comfortably. They've had a lot of experience, maybe setting corporate strategy or like, you know, adapting to, you know, different changes in the business. And so they'll kind of take that profile. And I've found like recruiters are, you know, that's their job to be able to translate that profile and look at resumes and scan and think about who might be going from there. And then eventually they kind of pass on like the first handful of clients and their, uh, I shouldn't say clients, but the first handful of applicants and their resumes over to the hiring manager. And they just say, Hey, I had a good chat with this person. I think they'd be interesting for this role. And that's kind of where the hiring manager picks up. And in our case, you know, generally speaking, when I'm hiring somebody and I think about the role, I think about it in two, two levels. Like one, do they have skill sets that are complementary with the actual work they're going to be doing? And two, what's the level that this person is? I, I usually like to have teams be a balance between having some associate level PMs, some, some mid-level, some seniors, and some people who are growing into all different areas. So that way there's always room for somebody to take on a new challenge. And so as I would kind of say, as we're looking into there, those are some of the things that we're thinking about. So realistically, like, and I, the reason I also bring this up is by and large, I did some math when I was at Ibotta and really into the hiring manager position area. We were probably hiring 0.5 of a percent of all the applicants that came through. So for every, for every 200 applications that came in, there's one person who got hired. And that's mm. like, a lot of people, maybe they're not the right fit for the role. Maybe like their resume didn't stand out. There's just so much that goes into it. But that was like, like being realistic. That's just kind of what it looks like. And I'm, Taj, I'm kind of curious if your experience has shown something similar to that. No, that that sounds like a, a lot of filtering that you have to do. For the teams I've been on, our candidate pools are smaller. We get fewer applicants. Okay. But these have also been teams with really senior folks. Yeah, my current team. Excuse, very, very senior. Like we have the 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 P levels won't mean anything other than like the app services labs and the what people think of as like the old pivotal labs. They might be hiring P two, P three, sometimes P four, and people work their way up. They work hard to get to P five. The last team I was on, everybody coming in was a P five, and they only started to hire P fours later. And some of those people are P sixes now. The team I'm on now, similar experience, and so it's a it's a much smaller group of people that are qualified coming in, um, which gets rid of that whole filtering process. Yeah. And then it's a matter of looking for like, are they really? Uh, they're they're clearly experienced, but is their experience and their uh, way of doing things a good fit for what we're doing? It's getting yeah. to is this the right dynamic? Is this the right flavor? And, and a lot of uh, 
we need relevant industry experience to a degree, but we also need, in our case, consulting skills, yep. which have almost nothing to do with any industry. It's just, can you be a good consultant? Are you a good advisor? Are you able to facilitate a conversation, negotiate with stakeholders, that sort of thing? Yeah, so it, it depends. Uh, like, if this were, if I were looking for product managers that are directly attached to product development, like R&D kind of stuff, I'm going to look for different qualities than in services where we have to have that consulting ability. Yeah. At a junior level, we, we look for people with the, the raw material. They don't have to have been consultants before. They might be brand new to it. That part's teachable, uh, but they have to have the curiosity, the empathy, humility. Yeah, and the confidence. It takes confidence and humility together to to say, "I don't know." Yeah. Let's find out. I think this is this is kind of the interesting world too, which is like in product. You know, there's not like a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of us. You know, like usually at any company, right? There's, I mean, even comparatively speaking, your engineering teams are going to outweigh the size of your product team usually in in most businesses, right? Like. And as a result, I think really leaning in and thinking about yourself and like, you know, are you really a culture fit for this area? There's a lot more considerations I think we have because in there, uh, normally speaking, the team is smaller. But yeah, so I think what we're kind of, what would be some suggestions you would give to people who are interviewing for product that you could say like, hey, what helped you get through the door and in the past, and maybe what you know from both your lens of having interviewed for obviously product roles at some point in the past. And then also being on the interviewer side, what are some suggestions you would give to people who are applying for roles today? Yeah, I am. Uh, and will always be kind of an unusual case study um, because I was, uh, I was an American studies major right? cultural studies and took a very, circuitous path into this kind of work. Um, but for those folks that are like me, I think the way to do it is to continue to follow your curiosities, look for the ways that things connect and stay involved. So the last so many jobs I've, oh gosh, the jobs I've had over the last mm, 16 years have all come through opportunities that I created by just being out in the world, talking with folks. Um, a couple of jobs ago, I was at a, a startup week uh, event. And, and, you know, this story is, is an object lesson, right? I'm recommending this exact technique. I went to, to see a talk and I was like, I want to hear this person talk, but I also want to be around the other people who want to hear this person talk. I want to be in this cadre, this, this audience. The talk was great. I got one nugget out of it, which was, uh, you know, a reading list. Somebody said, I always have my people read these X books, you know, when I hire them. I'm like, cool. That's my takeaway. And then I immediately started talking with somebody you know, when we broke. I didn't try to talk to the speakers. I tried to talk to somebody in the audience and was hearing about their business and what they're doing and was asking them all these questions, learning about it. And kind of summed up like, oh, it sounds like you're at that inflection point. You're ready to hire your, your first product manager. He's like, yes, that's right. So what do you do? Oh, I'm a product manager and I'm looking. Oh, we should talk. 
and we did and i got hired all right that um it's almost like i planned it and i didn't but what i did plan was being in the right place at the right time knowing that this is a good opportunity to be around the right people you know if that's meetups if that's you know whatever it is uh just being interested and involved and it doesn't have to be directly business related i got leads out of i used to do brazilian dance and <laughs> one of the other dancers her husband was in advertising and he had the one role in advertising that at the time was something i wanted to do he was so amazed that i even knew what he did and he was oh yeah and he gave me informational interviews all over the city turns out it was pretty hard to break in i didn't make it but i learned everything i needed to know just because i was poised and ready to be excited about this thing that i was curious about that's where those opportunities come from in in my world as a a roundabout product manager you know for the the folks that are that take a direct path i think they you can be very effective at it i don't have great advice on it because i am not direct that way that's it. That's some good thing. I mean, I, I definitely agree with the networking approach. I mean, that's kind of what enabled me to take the my current role as well, kind of through similar, you know, through similar means. So talking about like the interview process itself, you know, once you get the door open, usually like the next piece is, you know, what are some ways that you can organically help? I think the best advice I could give to anybody who's interviewing for a product role is to be excited about just generally speaking, like have a good attitude, like first and mm-hmm. foremost, that always shows up like number one, it's like, you don't want to be like overly like excited to be there, but I mean, you definitely want to have some energy and like that energy like rubs off. Like, cause I can tell you, I, I think one year, my, my, uh, interview count, I did 125 interviews as a, as a manager in, um, in a single year. And you'd be surprised at how many people like get on the phone or like, you know, virtual nowadays. And it's like, you have to work a little harder because it's virtual because you don't get to like see that person in person. You don't get to have a coffee with them. Cause I remember my first interviews, like coffee interview meant going to have coffee with the person. And it was like a real thing, right. Or you'd fly a candidate out and they would be on site for their actual on site interview. Or if they were local, like you would actually, meet up and do that stuff. Well, now you really got to bring that energy. And I can tell you as like a hiring manager, that's like immediate turn off one is like you're you're not stoked to be here. We're not you're not stoked to talk. Like okay, so that's that's part one. The -hmm. next thing that I would always suggest to people is like be authentic and don't try to put like a face on. Like don't try to show up for somebody who you're not because it actually you can tell. Like I can usually tell within the first five or 10 minutes, I would, I would often say like for after having done so many interviews within the first five or 10 minutes, I can usually gauge whether or not I think the person is going to be fit for the role. And that usually comes as how authentic they show up, like how like honest they are with their responses. And I particularly like it when people will always like, you know, if I ask a question like about your experience in something, they don't just go, Oh yeah. Like I'm experiencing that. They go, actually, yeah. Like I've done that before. I've done something similar to it. And here's the situation that I was in. And they actually tell you the story. 
And usually all that vibe can add up across any level. And that can usually be the, like the number one or two indicator. I'm honestly, like, usually I'm pretty, I would say I haven't found a situation where that first like five or gut five or 10 minute gut instinct hasn't played out how I thought it was going to play out. And, and do you feel that that, all right. So that tells you that, that gut tells you, you know, if they're going to make it to getting hired when the gut is positive, do, do you have a sense of, um, does it carry all the way through to them being successful in the role? And I've for them, for the most part, yes. And, you know, a lot of times, like, I think there's, I think there's a challenge. Sometimes if you feel like you're under pressure to just put a body, like just to put somebody in the seat, those hires never really work out. Like where you're feeling like you're on a time crunch and you're really like, I just need somebody to take this role and I'm really like rushing for it. Like that, those are the hires that I've, in my opinion, it's like, you haven't really thought through. But usually, I, on occasion, I would say I will see some people like, I'm like, oh, man, I had a good gut instinct about that person. And they went through the rest of the interview process, which would be meeting with other team members and doing things of that nature. And um, and they've you know failed in some other parts of the interview. Like, that definitely happens. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say, like, that's also what I'd call this process. Like, if you're the hiring manager as well, I, I, we call this process calibrating. Like yeah, that's right. every time you're hiring for a role, like that calibration process is the process of like checking your gut instinct versus what the outcome is at the end of the hiring process. And that's really what I, you know, so like, what do you, what do you pound through? Like I said, like 120 of them in a year, all of a sudden that process gets really honed. But like, if I were to start again tomorrow, like, I'd probably like the first few people I might pass through, maybe they wouldn't go all the way through the interview series and somebody would like say, yeah, this didn't quite work out. So it's not, but usually by the end of that process, it's getting pretty close. Um, I I noticed going all the way back, you you talked about that energy in the interview. Now there are qualities that work well for interviews that don't necessarily have something to do with the job, but energy is not one of those. Energy is important to the job because of all the roles, we're the ones that have to bring sand to the beach. Yep. We're the ones who have to, uh, you know, when morale is lagging and you just need a little bit to get over the hump, we're often the ones that have to bring that. Um, you, you can only get so far on energy alone, but when it's the one thing that's going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, it's a, what shows up to me and like what I said with those authentic experiences with people is like, if you, if I were to say the three things that stand out that you should tell me if a candidate is really solid, it would be energy, storytelling, and like, and I would say some level of like technical excellence. And I mean that in the way, like you don't have to be the one who's like coding something or whatever, but I want to know like, Oh yeah, you saw a problem and you found a real solution. Like that's what I mean by the technical excellence. Like you took yeah. a problem and you solved it. And if you can tell me a great story about it and if you can do it in an authentic way with good amounts of energy, that means you're probably a very good candidate. Mm. Yeah, I will often say 
um, you know, my technology is people. That's that's where uh, I geek out, you know, because, you know, right now it's Kubernetes before it was Cloud Foundry. And before that, it was this, you know, CMS backend. And we were using, I think we were using Angular. Um, <laughs> uh, those technologies come and go, but the constant for product managers is people. Yeah especially because of that adage, uh, you know, most software problems are really people problems. <laughs> Usually pretty true. I would say almost all of them deep down when you look at the system, it's, it's people problems that need solving. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to really vary too. Like I, I think you, you hit upon some important characteristics that'll be common to any product role. And then there are those that will vary, you know, for, for some, they really do need to be technical. They need to be into yeah. whatever that technology is, or, or at least know a lot about it from an industry standpoint, or they're going to need to know that industry, especially uh, you know, like a highly regulated industry. It really helps to know how that works, uh, but there can be uh, parallels. And if you have the the luxury of hiring someone who, doesn't have to be like uh, ready to walk five minutes after being born and you can give it a little time, then you can look for people who have parallel experience. Yeah. Yeah. I went from being in uh, the shopping center retail marketing world to the school nutrition, school lunch programs world. And the business models were actually identical. There were so many parallels, but you could never know it until you do it. You can't plan for that. But if you have room, you can find it uh, serendipitously by happenstance and luck. <laughs> cool. So what, um, what final advice or takeaways mm. would you give for anybody who's out there thinking of maybe applying either for their first product role or for another product role? What's some homework that they could do? I want to key in on that thing you talked about where you, you want energy, but also authenticity because that requires thinking, can I authentically have energy for this? Yeah. Or am I faking it? You know, it's one thing to, to bring sand to the beach. It's another to just be faking it. So as you're looking at potential roles, try to square those two and really only go for the ones that you feel authentic energy for. It's going to make it easier for you. It's going to make it easier for the hiring managers. I definitely say like, if you're in this position, you're, you're considering a new role, like, and you're about to go take your first interview, et cetera. Make sure you are doing your homework on that business. Like one of the things is like, um, if you're just applying for a role with a product that you're not, even somewhat familiar with or even familiar with the industry or the space, like that's also going to show really quickly. So and that was that was another thing that I would say stood out a lot is like it's usually a good thing if the interviewee knows something or more than something theoretically than the about the company that they're applying to. You know, if you're not familiar with the product, if you're not familiar with the space, like that will show up and 
Well, I would say it's not like a definitely like, oh, you're going to get a no for that. It definitely will like make people think, oh, you didn't take 10 minutes to just like go on our website. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt to somehow demonstrate some knowledge of who you're talking with. Yeah. You know, do, do a little LinkedIn stalking, <laughs> um, see who's connected to whom. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. All right. Well, it looks like we finished up our coffee. Now everybody go out and level up. This has been Product Coffee, produced and engineered by me, Kevin Gentry. Through our podcast partner, Anchor, you can now record a voice message and send us ideas or topics to cover. And who knows, we might end up playing it on the show. You can also become a supporter of Product Coffee by contributing a monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Product Coffee on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.